You will hear today all that you need in order to understand the purpose of the enemy. There is little you can do other than to resist, with hope or without it. But you do not stand alone. You will learn that your trouble is just part of the trouble of all of the Western world. But what shall we do with the ring? That is the doom we must deem. I say, though, I have not called you to me, strangers from distant lands. You have come here and are met in this very nick of time by chance, as it may seem. Yet it is not so. Believe, rather, that it is so ordered that we who sit here, and none others, must now find counsel for the peril of the world. Things shall be openly spoken that have been hidden from all but few until this day. And first, so that we may all understand what is the peril, the tale of the ring shall be told from beginning to end. And I will begin that tale, though others shall end it. folks and welcome to a daily rating special on today's show we'll be sitting down with vincent daly to get his thoughts on the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring the two towers and the return of the king all directed by peter jackson and don't worry there's no spoilers we'll even take some time to discuss the special extended versions of the films to see what's added or lost if you choose to or not to watch the extra content it's going to be a great show so stay tuned and enjoy We're now, Mr. Vincent Daly. How we doing, buddy? Tommy boy, how's it going? Uh, it's doing. Oh, it's going okay for me. This is a big, big day. <laughs> a big day for the daily ratings. Oh yeah. Big day for me personally. Absolutely, <laughs> folks. Tom is one of the biggest Lord of the Rings fans I know, uh, and honestly, I mean, this is this is huge. We were kind of always looking for an excuse to uh, or, or rather when we would cover the Lord of the Rings. It was only a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the best we're going to get is this Rings of Power release, which uh, you know, uh, despite some early talks, some early thoughts on it, I mean, the, the core trilogy here is really where your your attention should be as a new fan, as an old fan, revisiting him, revisiting for the extended, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the success and 
the execution of these films are the reason why we even have the Rings oh, of Power. True, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, maybe it would have been attempted again, the Lord of the Rings or some such. I don't know. Mm. But the films were so pivotal. Mm-hmm. You start here, kind of deal. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't include. I don't know how you. I mean, the Hobbits. Uh, listen, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You could throw them in the trash, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Actually, a lot of my notes, I tried to stay away from the low-hanging fruit of comparing to The Hobbit. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Just because it's so much. I mean, uh, these, these these films just kind of sweep over them so easily, you know. And th- they mean so much more here, these films, than, mm-hmm. than anything that came after. The making of it, what went behind them, mm-hmm. the inception of it, and just execution all around. Like, oh, in yeah. every single way. This is the best representation of what we have. And of, there's so of... much content here as well. You know, even even the premise of this type of episode that you have the normal trilogy and then you have the extended that these films kind of take on an entirely new face with the extended content. There, uh, uh, big know? time. I'm so excited to talk about the extended mm-hmm. too. And, and folks, how this is kind of, you know, Vin's going to give his... Th- Review the theatrical versions. My usual song and dance. Right. Well, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what's important to cover that. And then we'll step into a little bit of the extended and try to stay away, of course, as spoilers as much as possible, as we mm-hmm. always do. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, because this isn't a director's cut or an extended edition of a film, really like anything else. Mm-hmm. One, because they go hand in hand, all three. Sure. And two, because all three are typically way more of an extended version that you ever get, especially oh, on a dire- yeah. where a director's cut is usually, you know, they brag about eight minutes of extra footage or something like that. <laughs> right. It's a whole yeah. different bar- ballpark here. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I mean, going over some numbers, Fellowship is just under three hours. Extended is three hours 30. Two Towers is just under three hours. Extended is three hours 43. And then Return of the King is three hours 20. And then Extended is all the way to the big boy number four hours and 11 minutes. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I when when the hype of uh, Snyder Cut for Justice League was coming out, I'd be like, ah, I've actually been there, done that. Yeah, you know? seriously. <laughs> it was Return or, of the King. Or Scorsese is the Irishman, too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It, you know, it's, we've definitely been there, done that. Yeah. Decent amount of credits to that. I have. I think our numbers both match, by the way. Oh, okay. I saw like three different, like, I saw so many people getting the numbers are online. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we have the same thing. Good, good. So it's a lot of extra content, so we're excited to cover that and everything like that. But why don't we start... Uh do you want to do any backstory or jump jump right into it? I think some some of what I want to cover before tackling these three is definitely around uh, the, just the production of the films themselves. Oh, I mean, sure, all, yeah. All these films were made at the same time, and honestly, uh, there is a lot of overlapping praise for that reason. Um, we look at actually the critical uh, nominations, the critical awards as far as the Oscars for these, and there's there's a there's a common thread that I think highlights the advantage of all these films being made at the same time. Uh, Fellowship wins. It wins Best Cinematography, Best Makeup, Best Score, Best VFX. Two Towers is at a low with only winning two for Best Sound Editing and Best VFX. And then Return of the King really swept through that year. I mean, it's almost, it's impressive how much it it swept through. Best Director, Best Picture, Best Writing, Best Art Direction, Best Costume, Best Makeup, Best Score, Best Sound Mixing, and once again, Best VFX. I think the common thread there that visual effects are mm-hmm. why you want to watch this trilogy still stands up today. And yeah. that, you know, I'll, I'll try to limit it, but that is not a factor that we find in the Hobbit trilogy. <laughs> no, n- certainly not. And, and honestly, movies just now. Uh, right, right. I mean, Lord of the Rings, I would say, is really last, some of the big films that took advantage of special effects. First of all, they did unbelievable jobs with real effects. Yep. They were pivotal in it, and then it just kind of went away. You mm-hmm. know, just didn't really see it, especially maybe after 2010 or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
I was just going to say, too, you made the comment of just like, it's impressive about mm-hmm. all the Oscar yeah, wins on yeah, that yeah. third. It's more than impressive. It's, it, it's record-breaking or record-tying, really? I believe. Wow. I, mean, wow. I believe it was nominated for 14 and won 11 or something like that. Yeah, I, I, 11 stands out, yep. Um, And it was, that's the same as something like, I don't know, it was Titanic or something. Sure, oh, another big sure. one. But yeah, yeah. it's I think it still holds that yeah. as most are tied with most that won. It, it, it's just, wow. I mean, it's just, it's 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 a good sign going into this trilogy. <laughs> like, just, just very, very fun. Fundamentally, I think uh, I think one of the last years of the Oscars, really, too, that where it was the biggest, most talked about, incredible movie mm-hmm. held up to it in the Oscars as well. Right, like the hype as far as financially, it. it made and everything mm-hmm. like that. You look at Avatar, won a bunch of money, mm-hmm. uh, didn't do anything in the Oscars, sure, and you could sure. say that for all the Marvel stuff and all the mm-hmm. acting in the Marvel movies and stuff like that. That what we get post two thousand five, two thousand ten. I think that's a great point. Yeah, yeah because uh, when I mean the Oscars now are known for giving it to the little guy, the minority, or even just like the art house production. And so this for some is reason, that's for of, some reason yeah. that's good. For some reason that's bad. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I think it's a good representation where big, huge blockbusters mm-hmm. actually really were good movies. Exactly. Where now mm, it's tough to get. It's mm-hmm. very tough to get. Mm-hmm. I, I think back about the time that these films were made. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- everything about it worked in its favor kind of absolutely where we were with tech and where we were with still storytelling kind of deal yeah yeah because it was before digital age as far as people being online Mm -hmm. Uh, i remember matt damon had said this best actually and he said back in the day half of the money that a company made Mm -hmm. on a film half of it was from dvd or vhs or rentals Mm. he goes so when that went away all your money came from people in the theater Mm. it changed everything Mm. because everything was just let's just get people in the seats let's get people in the seats and that's why marvel will continue to do marvel and fast and furious and everything like that because the fact is they're not making money anywhere else Mm -hmm. how do we appease to the biggest audience absolutely a lot of why we also get your complaint of why isn't this rated r because you need their (laughs) trying to make every single penny they can in the seats very true very true yeah my, my comment my, my, my common thread of almost every review <laughs> yeah but uh I, I think with that said you know i mean there's there's a like i said there's a lot of overlap here i think vfx surprisingly for a movie that is now you know getting to 20 years old or trilogies they're getting to 20 years old these are still holding up to that capacity and i think a, a lot of my yeah. universal praise for these three are, are that you know uh, Jackson and team uh, his use of bigatures his use of practical effects I mean don't get me wrong there's definitely some dated CGI in this uh, especially in Fellowship because it's before they really introduce Gollum as a main character with the mocap technology mm-hmm. and, and everything like that uh, but uh, across the board it's a lot of impressive uh, it's a lot of impressive visual effects and I think that thread really holds true to today also again because of these big epics if you notice in my reviews folks it's I, I don't really I'm not going to get too deep into the story itself discussion. Uh, I'm going to be leaning on you know you Tom for the extended kind of di- uh, the extended what's worth it right. what's kind of the deep dive there. For me, because we're avoiding spoilers, I can't really take my knife out and, and dissect it you know, so deeply because, if anything, to the credit of this film, it holds true to getting the ring to Mount Doom you know, for the entire three, right. uh, and that as a through line. So I think there is um, some simplicity to that, and not, not going to really be my focus in reviewing these films. And I think that's also what we are right now. The daily ratings is, you come for us, we have bite-sized pieces, and this is you know here's the rating mm-hmm. okay and here's a quick reason why sure god knows that we could literally 
make our own podcasts just discussing Lord of the Rings, <laughs> let alone podcasts that go into an hour on this or something like that. Yeah. Maybe that could be fun things we do in the future. Mm-hmm. Secondary podcasts or secondary kind of specials where mm-hmm. they will be spoiler ridden. You know, yeah. we can sit down and talk about films in depth. But, you know, I love that this is kind of how we do things right now. Exactly. And exactly. 10, 15, 20 years from now, people can go on this site. Lord of the Rings got this. Oh, let's just listen to the quick 10-minute review, exactly. and here we go. Exactly. So. so finally, before we get cracking into it, Tom, can we get our best pronunciation of Mordor? <laughs> no, I'm not. No. You're not doing the, you're the Lord of the Rings I only guy. call it Mordor. I, Mordor. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess everybody has a different Give me lineage. one. Give I'm me one. I'm trying to think. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't uh, even... Everyone says Mordor. Yeah, Mordor. No, or Mordor. <laughs> something like that. There's something in b- before the R, kind of. Mordor. No, that's way too much. It's way too much. I don't even know. That was my my enjoyment of really? everyone pronunci- pr- pronouncing this throughout the entire trilogy. Really? That caught Mordor. your ear. <laughs> yeah, it's just class. I was like, wow, it's <laughs> great. So I'll bounce uh, back, uh, back, back uh, between these two, and <laughs> I'll see if I'll be the the Tolkien uh, pronunciation of this. All right, so we're going to go back. I guess we're ready to go. Oh, yeah, we we're could, good we to could go. talk all the time. And, yeah. and Tolkien, anyway, you know, everyone, the books came out in the 50s, yep. yada, yada, yep. but we, we don't have to spend too much time. We'll get started here right away. So we're going back in 2001. So 21 years ago, Fellowship turns 21, basically, this year. 2001, this is the Fellowship of the Ring, of course, directed by Peter Jackson. Mm -hmm. And Vin, what do we get? So, yeah, I mean, possibly, really, and I kid you not, folks, possibly one of the best openings to a film I have seen. Uh, And it is just just such a tone setter to get us in the mood for fantasy. It sets the stage perfectly for what the greater world is and how our characters are tiny pieces in that. I would also say it sets the direction for the epic. Um, without this, the opening of Fellowship of the Ring, is particularly how much huge amount of time we, we spend in the Shire, mm-hmm. might feel a little bit directionless. Uh, it might feel like, okay, where, where are we going with this? And I think it sets the larger picture and definitely sets the gravity of when the ring is introduced in the Shire, we 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 know what it maybe entails, and that's really brought home as well in the performances of Bilbo of Gandalf to find out, you know, wow, this is this is a Herculean task to try to get rid of this thing, uh, and I think that it all lies in that opening of just how we're introduced to it. It really is just like such a phenomenal opener. Uh, I, I would say, you know, the the ultimate way to open up a fantasy movie. It gets us in the mood for fantasy, which I think is is easier said than done. You know what I mean? You- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's impressive, too, just because, you know, in, in Lord of the Rings, people are a little bit more familiar maybe with the show, too, because mm-hmm. it's been talked about more. This is taking place at the end of the Third Age. Yep. So we know that there's been three ages, and mm-hmm. they have been thousands of years each, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a very short amount of time in the beginning, they really catch us up and just like, all right, here's like the gist, and mm-hmm. you kind of get a feel for what's going on in the world, basically, mm-hmm. and then brings you into it. It's impressive for how quickly we actually feel comfortable with where we're at. Yeah. We're not spending too long on something where you're just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And they're also getting the job done, so we're not completely clueless of what the hell's going on. Absolutely. And I'll say it probably, uh, you know, a handful 
handful more times with this first one. It's it's about the rising action. So, you know, I mean, you could say uh, something is similarly achieved with a Star Wars crawl or some sort of exposition in the beginning, but there's something different about this exposition in the beginning of... Uh, of uh, of fellowship, uh, the the narration, uh, the 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 visuals, it just it, it gets us it gets us quickly in the mood for the story yeah. that's going to be told. It's a little bit really different does. than just catching us up with the story beats themselves. No, you're totally you're absolutely right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's enjoyable to watch, and you're engaged in it. Yeah, for sure, exactly, and it looks great. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Moving through the praise, uh, it is ten out of ten casting. I mean it. Uh, it is. Perfect cast, even for Frodo. Even for Frodo, <laughs> we'll get in. We'll get into, <laughs> into my thoughts on the little hobbits. But um, uh, you always hear about these stories in Hollywood, how some actors almost got a role or turned down the role, and I think. There's a lot of that with this trilogy in particular. Uh, maybe mm. it's just osmosis of, of things that you've told me over the years, Tom, uh, that uh, right. I, I've heard a lot of these around this trilogy specifically. Uh, and maybe that's just for how big the roles are, you know, in, in general uh, for these characters. But yeah, here it feels like everyone understands the gravity of the role they play. And I really mean it. I mean, it is stellar casting. I cannot give enough praise to these characters feel exactly like they should be in that role. And I almost can't see a different a different actor playing it or actress playing it uh, when it comes to a lot of these and there's a lot of that talk but uh, for me I think yeah. uh, it, it was it was a huge plus uh, watching this again I, I could almost see Jake Gyllenhaal auditioned to be Frodo oh really and he's got the same eyes and kind sure. of face structure as Elijah sure. so I can easily see him in that place I think I would be more annoyed where as funny as it is with Elijah Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe isn't the best at Frodo, and yet like big, even like the nerdiest of nerdiest, like especially Tolkien lore fans. Yeah, we all like you like you really like Elijah Wood. You don't really lo- <laughs> love the accent at times. You don't love the performance, but you truly do still love him. Yeah, for yeah. Reason. absolutely. But uh, yeah, I think absolutely with the casting. Yeah, uh, and one hundred percent that goes towards Gandalf, uh, played by Ian McKellen. Uh, it, it is. He is so amazing in this. Um, I think it's kind of a three-part uh, dance. It is the camera work that is paired with his performance and musical cues. It really just makes for perfect character moments. Like, every scene with him is golden. I don't think, is in, in The Fellowship, I don't think there is a single scene that Gandalf is in it, whether he's the focus of it or not, that I wasn't just gripped by the performance because, again, there's something to him subtly knowing much more than we know at the story. Right, right. Uh, there's, there's such gravity to the fact that he won't even touch the ring, you know what I mean? He's, <laughs> he, he knows, like, you, you know, the what would happen if, if someone of his power level would would get involved with this and again it, it's the camera work it's it's the subtleties of his his acting on what 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 he, the the small moments he has with the camera his face his I was going to say we, t- we have talked about his face before yeah, and what's yeah. captured in his little moments yeah. and everything like that or just those little tiny twitches or mm-hmm. something in his eyes as well yeah uh, they make a big difference in those scenes oh yeah and, and I think it's they make a, it believable for sure it almost you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's weird, and and it creates a a humanity in one of the most powerful characters in Middle Earth. Uh, right, it yeah. creates a connection we have 
to someone that actually knows the gravity of the situation where fellowship is so much about doubting the gravity of the situation Yes, yeah. uh, in, in story. Uh, and I'm not even talking about like the big moments of the film. I'm not talking about like, you know, the you shall not pass. My praise is in those quiet close-ups, the calculating private thoughts, McKellen's performance. It just, it just, it sells it all. And, and, and you know, before anything starts, his face shows that he knows what it'll take to get the ring to Mordor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this last one. I'll, I'll, I'll no, I, do keep Mordor. doing it. Keep doing it multiple times. <laughs> I thought you were going to be about Mordor. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, especially because, especially uh, Elrond has some great ones. Yeah, the way he says it, I just, I've never personally tried it before. <laughs> I've never been asked to before, and I'm not. The, and you're supposed to be the Lord of the Rings. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you actually, uh, it's not really directly in my notes, but uh, Elrond's casting as well. Hugo Weaving, uh, uh, amazing here. Right, One of those wasn't supposed to be him yeah one of those performances as well where you're like where is this guy in acting like why isn't he in more stuff i know, you know? <laughs> he's so it's cool ups- it's absurd yeah yeah it was supposed to be sam neill yep but turned it down to do jurassic park 3 which <laughs> jp3 boy was that a, was that a wrong call yeah but then you think about the size of the role mm. i mean elron's much less screen time than sure, than, sure. than you know the jurassic park but yeah i can that's another thing i can see him as elron but boy, I don't think he'd play it as well as yeah, as yeah. Hugo Weaving. And even by his age, then too. I mean, oh, the Hugo age has such a he brings kind of an elegance to the elfness of it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. Know. I mean, I think we could do a whole podcast on the design of each of the races in in Middle Earth. How they. Uh, how in the steel, how in the armor, how in the architecture, it's all follow through on the ideas of the culture. And without a big block of exposition of what these people are about, we're, we're, we understand we it just it. by the sight of it. Yeah. And just to note on costumes, too, the way they age things or mm-hmm. make things look aged or worn or new, something we don't get a lot, uh, mm-hmm. or don't do it as well anymore, that's for sure. Yeah. It, it's just like it makes it more believable. I can't, I always say with Lord of the Rings, there's a gritty realism to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where. Tolkien pretended like this actually happened. Oh, yes. So From his language crafting to, you know. Right. And he would yeah. say that today, that that we would be in the seventh age. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which, is, which is cool. But it's just like he really meant it to be a real life thing almost. Mm-hmm. And the way that Peter Jackson brings it to life. I mean, you give this to Del Toro or something like that. <laughs> Continuing the hate on Del Toro. You know, but that gritty <laughs> realism is there throughout. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, uh, I, I think um, I, I have some notes on on why that illusion is never broken. But uh, it really is the key is that it takes itself with a certain gravitas. It takes itself with a certain seriousness. Yeah. It's never broken. There's certainly comedy, especially in this first one. There's it's probably the lightheartest of all of them, uh, especially for the time that we spend in the Shire and with of other course, hobbits. Yeah. Uh, but it, even in that, there's a, a there's a genuineness. You know, it's it, the illusion is never broken, and 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 we'll definitely return to that. that that note. I think why this is my favorite of the three is structurally we have the rise of the fellowship. It is uh, the rising action. I think in other films, we always, or the, the, in the sequels, we always have them trying to come back together in some way, and it never quite feels the same. Here we have the fellowship together, and and all of our all of our main crew, all of our main cast is is right in one spot. It's always it's also why, and we we've discussed this before, even before the podcast. Upon revisiting all the Star Wars, it's why I came away as. 
a huge Star Wars fan, reinvigorated that New Hope, the first Star Wars, mm -hmm. is the best of them. Uh, is because we have this yes. rising action. We have the initial hook that gets us interested in everything. And I think here, again, I come out strong out of the gate with, with Fellowship of the Ring as really the best of it because it sells us on the idea first and foremost and we get to enjoy that time of them all together and I, and I would say also for you because you were such a fan of world building is too yeah mm -hmm. and with this there's just there just naturally needs to be a ton of world building oh, sure. to get us all kind of up to speed and know what the hell's going on mm -hmm. too which helps mm -hmm. well you gave away the big thing too this is your favorite one <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got no bones about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I this is going to be my favorite of the three. Not that any of these films are bad whatsoever. And again, I go back to some of those pre-notes that mm -hmm. so much is shared. So much of my praise in this one and for you know these two sequels. Right, they're all, they're honestly at the same benchmark, you know. If anything, very slightly different things, you know. Even that I will be critical about are are more so. It's not that they're new to the franchise, uh, new to the uh, the trilogy, uh, or new to the movies. If anything, they're just more pronounced. Right, where sure. I feel like the balancing act is just so perfect in this in this first film. I, I gotta say, I love the stakes here, and this is praised specifically towards uh, Fellowship. One of the most well-crafted scenes is an early conflict we have with the Hobbits and, and the Nazgul, or a Nazgul. And there are no swords drawn, there is no hope for Frodo and crew if they get caught. The tension in this scene is just incredible. And I feel like where this relates to stakes in, there, there was no better time in this trilogy that we see the balance of the ring really having true stakes that if it falls into the hands of the Nazgul, the hands of the, you know, the, uh, the forces of evil, it's all over. You know right, what I mean? It's done, yeah. And, and I feel like it just shows such range for Peter Jackson as a director to have a scene like this almost right away after we get those really uplifting comedy uh, uh, up Right, as soon as we get out of the Shire kind yeah. of deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and man, you know, I mean, I, when, I, when I was younger, I maybe looked at that scene and it was, it was filler to get to the meat of when we're getting the fellowship together. Mm -hmm. I look at that scene now and knowing what I like in a film and knowing what it takes to have range in a, in a movie and I am, I think it, it might be my favorite sequence in the whole trilogy as, as crazy <laughs> as that sounds. It does sound uh, <laughs> yes, it is crazy, but I, <laughs> I know it, 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 not Helm's Deep, not not mysterious, but it, it's just that it, there's such incredible stakes to Frodo and crew, really, and it's felt through the screen to you. Yeah, I mean, I love that. Yeah, I love that you were sitting there enjoying that so much, Absolutely. or picking up on it that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 before they have anyone mm -hmm. supporting them, and it's and it's so real. And and again, it's it's also a scene that doesn't really feel like any other scene in the trilogy as well. And that's where I really give credit to the range as Jackson as a director. It kind of comes out of left field, but is such a a breath of fresh air before things even get started. It's right. not yeah. filler. It's it's definitely strategic to make sure that we're paying attention because the stakes are real for these characters uh, even though we may not have the massive armies on screen or anything Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, yeah. Know? This is uh, certainly uh, high fantasy. Uh, I mean, there are elves, wizards, yada yada, rings of power, you know, the whole, the whole nine. Uh, but my favorite aspect is how the magic is handled in this. It is so low flash. It is so toned backed. 
This isn't just a wizard that went to a magic academy and now can conjure a fireball out of nothing. Instead, the, all the magic seems to interact with the world in some way. Hmm. It seems to be conjured through not necessarily elements, but there's some sort of natural occurrence that is then just emphasized by the magic users in this world. And I think it's one of my favorite aspects and definitely a a, a perfect example of praise that I'm talking about it in Fellowship goes very equally across the entire trilogy. I will say, yeah, and I think to that point with the magic is, you know, Tolkien builds a very, very mystical and magical world. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes even stuff with like The Hobbit and everything like that, sure. it can get pretty... It's like, okay, there's some like fantasy magic going on yeah, here. Yeah. And maybe it's a bit too much. And what I love about the films is Jackson just tones it down completely. Mm-hmm. And not, not completely. It's still there. We still understand that we're in a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. But it's just something where it's almost like adult fantasy. Yeah. Where it's just like yeah. he gives us tastes of it. We mm-hmm. understand that, you know, elves can do things men can't. Hobbits mm-hmm. are a certain thing. Gandalf can do certain things that no one else really sure. can, too. We sure. have this magical ring. Yeah. And yet, it's all tastefully done and mm-hmm. very adult-ish in yeah, a way. Yeah. Um, so, to your point, it's just the way it comes across is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Even even in the in the and especially in Fellowship, we get some some upper limits of what magic is shown on screen. And again, I can't stress enough: you you kind of are obligated to call this high fantasy because of the magical races and and I mean everything. I mean, kind of Lord I, of the literally Rings everything. Yeah. Wrote the book on it literally. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's it kind of started it as. As, as as really a, a you know a, a fine tuned genre, especially how we consume it in in pop culture. Uh, but I, I can't stress enough. One of the more enjoyable parts is that there's the magic itself. You know the the spells, if you will. These are they they truly feel like they are out of this world. They are not something mm, that yeah. with enough time, with enough study, you can learn. It feels like it is something outer worldly, uh, and uh, I really just love that feel. It, one of my favorite aspects across the trilogy of all three. And again, a lot of that focus, once again, is on Gandalf, you know, the way he is able to conduct it, you know, from the elements around him. It's not just him just shooting a laser, you know, uh, shooting a lightning bolt or something like that, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's something that is, um, you know, he, he just has a, a better understanding is- of the world around us, and that's how he uses it, you know. <laughs> right. But I'll, I'll end with my notes uh, on, on kind of gravitas. I, I think, you know, for me... It is serious scenes matter. Uh, That is gravitas for me. The gravity uh, of a situation, you know, certainly can have comedy to it. Like I said, comedy is definitely in this. Gimli Mm -hmm. is almost exclusively a comedy character for the entire series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it gets worse and worse and worse. But yes, (laughs) he's most serious potentially in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Especially about like his hate of of elves and whatnot. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, you know, the comedy can be there, but I think the gravity of the plot never leaves being the most important piece, the most important time in these characters' live, lives, and it's always the priority. I think if I had to just boil it down, you know, that gravitas is serious scenes matter, but also the serious scenes matter to our characters as well. It's not just that it matters for us. It yeah. matters to them, and that's why comedy isn't paired with it uh, too often. Um, the illusion is never broken and i think that is the key for great way to put it you know why this trilogy works um i i think back to the hobbit and you know so many things 
whether it be the weird frame rate, whether it be the priority of 3D, uh, whether it be just a, a bad stretched out story that should have been just two movies. <laughs> you know, the illusion is broken so often in those films, and that's nowhere near this trilogy. And, and again, I, I can't stress enough that there's a lot of praise going towards Fellowship here. I, I So much of it is shared uh, and chip uh, and and... You know, that, that praise is really, you can spread it across all three of these movies. So don't think that I'm just, you know, falling in just for Fellowship. I think it is the best yeah. example, but so much of this is really uh, overlapping with, with all three of these movies. Uh, with that said, <laughs> the drum roll. The drum <laughs> roll. <laughs> we are going to give Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. And 85. Oh! Go watch it, folks. Go watch it. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, it really is stellar. Uh, and, and honestly... I'm shocked I, at the 85. Yeah, it's just such a... It's, it's worth it. It's such a, a fine-tuned movie. And, and again, more and more I watch it, I appreciate new aspects about it. I appreciate so much more of how well-balanced of a film it is. Uh, and it's something that I can't really say of the sequels. I mean, the sequels, again, just as great. And right, if we'll anything, have them, yeah. all the aspects uh, of this film, but there's just different priorities on on what is kind of emphasized in the sequels. Where, but this, it's just this this fine tuned, fine balanced piece of fantasy. And how shocking that it's this long. I mean, it's the shortest one of the three, but still, sure. really, still a pretty damn long movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And that it's like, oh, this felt necessary mm-hmm. type of deal. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. I I love that it cracked. Oh, oh yeah. obviously, I love that. I mean, I can't. It's cracked into the <laughs> must watches. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, yeah, okay, so let's talk about the extended versions a little bit. Sure, sure. I think the biggest way that I kind of want to talk about these is, basically, is it worth it for you to watch the extended or not? I love that. These are unbelievably long extended versions, and mm-hmm. they get longer as you go. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is, when you watch a director's cut, oftentimes, mm-hmm. you can see the scenes that they took out. Right. Even yeah. if you've never seen the original and you're just watching directors, yeah, there's scenes that just... to it. Yeah, there's things that just don't make sense that are almost seem like they were edited in. There's just... You can tell. You can tell mm-hmm. a lot of the times. And when you're dealing with something... So the Fellowship is for about 40 minutes extra content. Sure. Around sure. 30... No, that's not true. About 30. 32 or 34 extra minutes. Mm-hmm. The thing is, that's a lot of extra time. It's yeah. a lot of extra time and a lot of extra scenes. And I have to say, with, when it comes to the Fellowship and the extended version here, it uh, you don't know. Hmm. So if you were to watch seamless the, when you were yeah if you were to watch the Fellowship extended version, mm-hmm. it's three and a half hours. You I, by the end of it, it's pretty much like, okay, what was taken out, <laughs> right. and what would you take out? <laughs> yeah. Uh, some great things you get a little bit more with maybe the Shire. I think there is wonderful world building and mm-hmm. backstory with Aragorn. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is awesome. And again, it's just like, God, God you took this out. You know, <laughs> this is kind of big. <laughs> this is good stuff. Uh, there's other things with, um, with, with some of the elves. And actually, there's one specific scene kind of earlier on as well mm-hmm. that explains something that I just think is beautiful mm-hmm. that, and, and so worth it. It's funny because... I had watched uh, this with the extended version mm-hmm. with people that had never seen it before. Okay. And I almost wanted to be jumping in the movie before we got mm-hmm. to a scene to set it up and explain it a bit. And mm-hmm. then I didn't and to find out that the extended version explained <laughs> they, those they things. They cover the bases, yeah. Uh, so just for the world building and for the continuation of a great story mm-hmm. of the performances and just putting our feet foot even deeper into the water. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you enough how much, like, you would probably give the Fellowship a, a higher rating potentially. Really, really. Because even though this is half, half an hour extra of content, mm-hmm. 
every single scene is almost worth it. And some of those are quite important too. Yeah. That just gets you deeper into the story. You care more about the characters. Mm -hmm. And you just know more of what's going on. Yeah, more know? of that mood setting. Because the world is huge. The story is huge. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of characters, you know, a half an hour can be spread out a decent amount. Yeah. And I think with some of the building that goes on here and what's explained, mm -hmm. you get in touch with what's going on a little bit more. And it's it's fantastic. Yeah, and maybe the barrier to entry is much more palatable for people because it is only 30 minutes uh, of extra run time. Exactly. So, you know, Which, maybe give again, it a shot. If you liked the more detail, guess what? You continue with the extended. Sure. Thing. And in, it, in and of itself, I mean, a 30 minutes extra is huge for any movie. I mean, mm -hmm. it's almost not done. Like I said, like eight, 10 minutes, that's a lot mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of films that come out with a director's oh, cut sure. or extended. Absolutely. Uh, but for this, I mean, I would suggest just jump right, go ahead and do this. Yeah. And I think there would be a lot of people that never actually sat down and maybe watched The Lord of the Rings. I, it, it, that's exactly why we, we you know, people, even pre-talking about this, why we wanted to do this. People know they're long. Yeah. People are just like, oh my God, what? I mean, what kind of, what is this? Mm -hmm. I don't care about this. Mm-hmm. So I or maybe just, they have a bad taste because of The Hobbit or something oh, like that. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Know? So I would say, hey, if you really enjoy I would say jump right into Extended. Sure. Okay. That's my thing. When it comes to the Extended, Vin, uh, when it comes to the theatrical version, there's no question, not with a shadow of a doubt, <laughs> absolutely, this gets a full-on Tommy Two Shoes, <laughs> Two Laces Tied. <laughs> two Laces Tied. The shoes are on. He's out the door. First one we ever did. First first time with two shoes that high. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, fantastic. We've, had, well, yeah. Yeah, we've yeah, had two course. shoes, one laces tied. We've right. never had two shoes, both laces tied wow, here. We've had wow. a Tommy flip-flop before. All this. No. <laughs> There's a lot of variance in in the grading score for Tommy Two Shoes. Um, but anyway, I would say um, that's my overall with the, with the well worth fellowship it. the extended. I, I mean, think that's great. Yeah, I would even like to pick it apart you after the show more. Just like this yeah. wasn't in the. This, you kidding me? Right. You put right. this in. There's a beautiful scene here. Yeah. There's one scene in particular that's one of the most beautiful, mm. in my opinion, and it's uh, it's it's just great. It's just and maybe great. that's most pivotal to kick things off, uh, because it is the start of everything. You know like I, I said, mean? it's the world building. Yeah. Give us as much as possible mm -hmm. because the way they do dialogue, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Just just feed it to us through a tube. I love it. Yeah, and there's going to be a compounding aspect of with more appreciation the more we can pick up on subtleties of uh, like Gandalf in a moment. You Take know, something with Aragorn scene, yeah. too. It's sure. just like, this is a good scene to have in here. Sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. It gets to the point where just like I feel bad for Peter Jackson having to cut stuff, leave sure. stuff on the floor. Yeah, yeah. But with that, I'll tell you right now, we're going we to three. We're gonna do three movies. We're running long today, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the timer and it's like, oh God, I, I we're said earlier, down. I said 10 minute reviews. Okay. <laughs> we'll do our best to keep it under 20 and people are just going to deal with that. <laughs> we'll see. But listen, let's jump ahead one year. As we know, these were filmed at the same time. Yes. Um, and then for two months in between each film, they came back for reshoots. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it was really the original 18 months plus two months plus two months. Mm -hmm. But regardless, uh, this came out in December 2002. This is The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Vin, what did we get with uh, with the second installment? Yes. Uh, so Two Towers, it is uh, kind of the dreaded middle child of the series uh, with Fellowship, or rather with the Fellowship split apart by necessity. Uh, structurally, we get a lot more individual stories with characters, which I think is a good and a bad thing. I would say my usual critique of sequels or sequelitis, as I've referred to it as before, uh, where we have to kind of rev the stakes back up... Uh, these films really don't have that problem. Uh, again, there is a simplicity in a clear goal of getting the ring to Mount Doom, and 
I would say that is not, hmm. you know, revving up the stakes is not the problem of Two Towers. Uh, the challenge is instead kind of keeping each mini group as interesting as the others. And I think just by the nature of them splitting them up, it kind of invites com a comparison game of, oh, I prefer this section of the movie more than the other. And sure. I don't think that's something that Fellowship has to s struggle with, and it's something that with the gang splitting up even more in Returning the King, once again, it invites that kind of comparison game uh, that uh, audience members are Interesting. Going to have. Yeah, no. I think naturally, if you watch this more than once, you're going to come back to liking, some, even whether you think about it or not. Sure. Just naturally know that you're going to be liking, ooh, it's like, ooh, these guys, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, these, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This one, I'll go, go, go to the bathroom here. Right. You know, that, that, that type of deal. You're <laughs> right. absolutely right. Right, exactly. And where with a fellowship, I mean, they're not all together all the time, but that rising action to get them all together both the weak elements and the strong elements are able to smooth each other out. You know what I mean? And I think that's, once yes. again, kind yep. of the brilliance of it. Uh, also, welcome to the Gollum Show, uh, because this is one of the largest additions to the cast, uh, is uh, actor-director Andy Serkis. Um, the Gollum CGI mocap was revolutionary at the time, and I'm happy to say it still very much looks good after all the years. I will say it's... 20 years. Yeah, 20 years, and it's intense. You know, I mean, this is not, you know, simple CGI, you know? No. They and put it's not him quick, in... and like you said, it's not always dark or gritty. Like you always say, you always yeah. shoot at a dark or yeah. rain, raining scene. <laughs> you read my mind. Gollum, Gollum. <laughs> my notes on lighting. <laughs> Gollum's there, baby. Smeagol's oh, with yeah. us. Yeah, in, in all elements, we get a we get a sneak peek of him in the in the last film. But now it is uh, it is he is a full blown character, and arguably. I mean, in our main piece of following with Frodo and Sam uh, to Mount Doom, I think regardless of maybe what I would say another 10 years out will do to my judgment of the CGI, I think what stands here is Circus's performance, and uh, that is what will be timeless. I mean, I don't really have an appreciation for the books or what Tolkien did with Gollum, but there is such a character transformation. I mean, I, I think... Wow! Did Circus just really become this this vile creature, uh, and just bake in so much into the performance of it? So uh, it's funny that you say that because Gollum was going to be completely all CGI, just computer animated thing, right? Basically. Without the mocap. Right. Basically, what happened was when Andy Serkis was doing the audition, mm -hmm. he was contorting his face in order to get the character oh, out. Wow. And he was just the way he was contorting his body and changing his facial structure. They said. This guy is actually Gollum. That's amazing. And then that was when the mocap was born for yeah. for Gollum. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and and talk about I mean what a a wonderful wonderful choice it is. And, and you know you read my mind, Tom. It's surprising because it's really shown in all types of lighting. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Daytime. He's, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, thankfully, story wise, Gollum is kind of a a creature that dwells in the dark. But uh, you know, this lends to more favorable CGI at times. But all over these next two films, he's put in all types of lighting. And again, like I said in in some of the pre work uh, or pre pre notes of this, um, you know, the VFX here is what the common thread of the critical praise is for this trilogy. Mm -hmm. uh, it is so notable with Two Towers and as well uh, Return of the King because Gollum, I think, is the the example of that. Is Are there moments that maybe it looks a slightly little bit rough? Sure, but never immersion-breaking, and certainly for someone that like myself that appreciates the making of films, yeah. uh, I'm actually stunned by some of the scenes of how they're able to blend 
blend him into the environment so much when he's picking up a rock, when he's working with reflections sure. in water, you know, yeah. just impressive yeah. stuff, really impressive. And stuff. I would say what's what's also interesting because there's so much. A lot of times they're in landscapes or they're actually shooting outside. Mm. And a lot of the times, you know, if they're working with with bigotures or full life sets that they construct and carve. Mm -hmm. I would have to say, you know, when you watch a modern day movie, we're so, where everything is CGI. Mm -hmm. It just floods you with terribleness. Where if things look a little off with Gollum here or there, everything else still looks good. Oh, yeah. And maybe you would think that that would highlight him, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't because we're still, your brain is still like, well, we're, you know what I mean? It's it's just, it's not everything. You're not flooded with the horribleness Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like to Justice League or something like that. Uh, Sure. How god awful every single piece of like practically scenery and (laughs) everybody and just literally, it was everything thing is just it's just garbage to watch where this it can still be beautiful beautiful set pieces and mm-hmm. even if Gollum's starting to age a little bit more after yeah. 20 years mm-hmm. uh it's really okay and that's where again where i stress i mean I'd give another 10 years of this this could fall into similar line of fire like maybe some of the cgi and hobbit or or other type of uh films uh but i think again what's going to stand out is circus's performance you know he really he really yeah. knocks it out of the park here and we'll we'll take a note on that as far as sure. how it's going to look in the future as well yeah because there's something we both haven't watched yet that oh. came out a couple of years ago basically they took a fine tooth comb to it uh-huh. in order for it to come out in full dolby atmos 4k oh really okay. and peter jackson like went through everything again wow and revamped uh sound and visuals he pulled a so lucas a lot of co- well, yeah, <laughs> no way different way okay, different okay. but they fixed color like uh fellowship has different coloring than okay. two towers and return of the king everything like that and they did go back even through some of the cgi stuff and mm. they said they clean it up a little bit interesting and they modernize it scary word because yes. modern CGI sucks, but mm-hmm. um, from my understanding, and there's probably a bunch of people that did see it, and we just haven't yet. Sure. But I would love to get the best copy as possible, watch yeah. it, and see what yeah. we get. And see what it does. And as long as they're not adding new things to it, uh, a la Lucas, you right. know, with, yeah. with <laughs> you know, I mean, just adding entirely new, like, musical segments, you know. <laughs> but I just wanted to note that, because that might be an option for people to really, yeah. if, you know, if you have the proper TV, the proper player and everything like that, sure, might be the way to go. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, this film, uh, I would say, has a lot going on with it. For some reason, the film has a lot of running shots, <laughs> you know. Oh. Oh my god! Everyone is just brisk jogging uh, all the time in the film, and it's kind of <laughs> hysterical. Uh, I, I I don't you know I I would normally really bash something for uh, maybe like a filler shot like this uh, but it becomes a transition between sequences luckily why I think I give this a pass because I mean it really is it, there's just so many like <laughs> they're, you, just, you. they're just in a field and Legolas Gimli and Eric Korn are just jogging <laughs> they're, they're just jogging in full <laughs> costume I'm, I felt bad for them but uh, luckily we get a lot of gorgeous shots in the New Zealand landscape um, this way I mean I think despite it may be feeling like filler sometimes and this might be the best looking in utilizing these larger than life landscapes. I mean, these are big sweeping arcing shots. They're swinging around characters. I would say I, I can't not I, I can't hold back from calling this a transition or even filler at the worst. But at the yeah. same time, it is falls into the same world building that I was praising the first one because I, I, I like the idea because there's so much with well, the whole movie, the whole things about traveling. Mm-hmm. 
I, I guess I like it that you get a sense of at least the scale of, of the thing. Yeah. It's yeah. not just like, oh, we just go, you know, boom, right down the road. We're sure, here. Right. It gets There's... a sense of just like how much traveling, how much catching up, or yeah. how much, you know, the vastness of the quote unquote Middle Earth yeah. is. That part is nice. I do agree with you, but they do. There is a tinge of, of filler or transition. Yeah. Kind of. And maybe the goofiness of the jogging is just because it was always around our kind of our Dungeons and Dragons party of Gimli, Legolas, and, yeah. and Aragorn. You know, they're very not different held builds. back. Yeah. 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 They're not like held back by the hobbits and, and, and maybe a larger party, a larger traveling group. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, just, just, just funny. I, I would say now that you understand that. You know, th- these films are all pretty great as a baseline, and I can't stress that enough. You know, the costumes, the scale, the gravitas, you know, this is all spillover or overlapping praise I have for all these movies. Um, and I think that is a product of making them all at once. Uh, for critiques, then, mm. you know, a lot of these movies have similar factors, but some are just more pronounced, some are more just, you know, embellished. Uh, I would say pacing is a big one here uh, for maybe some of my critiques. Uh, that's also because we have so many parties splitting our time with. Uh, and and it's not that I don't think these characters are important. If anything, I, I'm glad that we are uh, spending sure. our times with... You know, I'm not saying, oh, this is wasted time, because if anything, the, the silliest of the parties uh, still have... I mean, especially in Two Towers, arguably have the most consequential result to the plot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, to, your, to that kind of point, it's almost like if you get rid of Fellowship... And the and the trilogy starts with mm-hmm. like a two towers. Yep. And you have it. It's just like I don't. It would work on its own. It yep. does work, but mm-hmm. because you said earlier how much how great it is when everyone's together. Yeah. Yeah. It, it smooths out the weak points. There's an average that happens. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, where uh, you know with this now you have the ring party, which is going to be Frodo, Sam, and Gollum. <laughs> like I said, jokingly, our kind of Dungeons and Dragons, our D and D party of Aragorn, uh, Legolas, and Gimli. Uh, and uh, finally, our, our idiot party, <laughs> I'll call them, uh, of Merry and Pippin. Uh, not, I mean, naturally, there is, like I noted, there's going to be a comparison that is kind of forced on viewers of which group is your favorite. Uh, and let me tell you, it is not the other half of our hobbits. There's a reason why I called that the idiot party uh, of Merry and Pippin. Uh <laughs> You know, after Fellowship, Merry and Pippin just really take a nosedive for me in this series. Uh, it's it's never bad enough for me to hate the scenes that they're a part of. Again, if anything, their their group is probably the most consequential to Two Towers uh, and what they bring about. But it's 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 honestly it is the weakest of the the split up here. Uh, my other frustration is that Frodo is just so logical in this <laughs> it's so frustrating <laughs> and i uh, believe me talking nerds folks uh, the <laughs> you know hobbiton folks out there <laughs> i understand 100 it is the ring's influence but man is he just a frustrating lead to the story um i think the next two movies lack uh, a bit of the praise i gave to that early nazgul scene because frodo is the focus but also Frodo does have some plot armor moving on here. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, there is sure. there is there are scenes to flirt with getting caught, 
with uh, handing over the ring, with, uh, you know, just the whole thing falling apart uh, because of Frodo's actions. But there's also a certain invulnerability he has as the main character where that was not the feeling I was getting from that first scene. And, and maybe that kind of illustrates why I can call that my favorite of the trilogy yeah, uh, yeah. in the stakes of it. That know? makes sense, yeah, because the problem is the story is bound to, I mean, the closer mm-hmm. they get to Mordor. <laughs> I wasn't just going to say Mordor. <laughs> The closer they get to Mordor, it just weighs on him more and more and more. There's no doubt, though, that he becomes more frustrating. Yes. It's almost like dealing with, like, dealing like a child. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just so, yeah. so decreasing in age kind of deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it definitely makes sense. Do you still feel – how do you feel about Elijah Wood still? Uh, I think he's all right. Uh, I think it actually does a little bit of a flip-flop uh, for Return of the King uh, that I enjoy his performance uh, itself of the character. Sure. Okay. Uh, it's, it's kind of odd to to say so much that the character is uh, separate from performance with this, uh, but I just think that the uh, that roles are so yeah. big. It you makes know sense, what I mean? yeah. I th- I think he's all right. Uh, this is where also the real Frodo Sam love affair starts, uh, and also where Sam kind of becomes the real hero of the story as well. I mean, that's that's really the hot take that Frodo isn't the hero; it's Sam that's the hero here. But uh, I would say, I mean, <laughs> kind of a joke, kind of not a joke. Watching this in 2022, Tom, I would say Sam and Frodo are gay icons. <laughs> they, they no, are they are not. <laughs> Here we go. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. I, I would say, I mean, I'm surprised you said it starts here, yeah. not with, with, with Sam's just ultimate protection from the get go. Oh, that's true. That's uh, true. Yeah, absolutely. He brings him in. I mean, obviously, the Tolkien per- perspective on this is that it's the truest form of friendship. It's almost like uh, friendship as a virtue here, which I can appreciate. But if I have to hear one more, Sam, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> I'm gonna lose it. It's and it's in two towers. Specifically, that it's so sappy and <laughs> that's very good. Oh, Sam, I miss this child. <laughs> but yeah, half joke, half not. I mean, you know, it, it's 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 part of how much emphasis is put on their friendship. And uh, sometimes I can look at that and I can say, wow, you know, I mean, this is, uh, you know, a, a higher form, a, a friendship as virtue that, like, Tolkien probably was writing about very directly in the book, but also in mm, film mm-hmm. form. It comes off a little bit silly sometimes. Sure, you know okay. What I mean? The main positive here is, uh, you know, new to the series are large-scale battles. I am, of course, talking about the final battle sequence of Helm's Deep, uh, and it is nearly 50 50 minutes of war carnage, and boy, let me tell you, it is fantastic. It is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is probably what you're saying. It's ridiculous for me to say a, a scene under a log with a Nazgul is my favorite when Helm's Deep exists, you know? I don't even know. I don't know if Helm's Deep is my favorite. I'm not really? saying it's, it's legit the best, okay. but yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a big difference. There's a lot of scenes in oh, there between yeah. Log and then Helm's Deep, though. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would say possibly really, uh, I mean, top three action sequences for the entire trilogy. Uh, it is the right mix of scale and attrition between forces. There's also such a great communication uh, and setup of Helm's Deep as a battle location. I think this goes back to a lot of the praise that I was talking about with Predator. And that action is 
best when we understand every aspect of it and we see the interaction happen through action specifically. Uh, we understand so much about the location of Helm's Deep, whether it's just the quick info dump right when we're there or even kind of building throughout the film. I could imagine maybe this is even more in the extended cut that mm. we get more int information about it. But it's something that uh, I can't tell you how how nice it is and how enjoyable it is to have this action sequence really play out and really evolve and develop and, and again, this kind of attrition between forces, all of it play out because of the particular aspects of Helm's Deep specifically. It's something yeah. that I can't say about Minas Tirith in the third film because there are other reasons why the battle changes and evolves and maybe goes bad at parts and maybe goes good in parts. Oh, that's interesting. You know, Helm's Deep, it's all about the particulars of Helm's Deep, yeah. of why it's going I, good or bad. That, excellent know? way to point that out. Yeah, uh, that, very true, very true. And, and I think that that's, you know, it, it's such a standout, and, and to have that as the entry of these these big, large-scale battle sequences, it's really... It is crazy. Yeah. I would love to know, I mean, that would be a special on its own, mm -hmm. best, like, battles or battle sequences mm. in film, kind of. I mean, this is sure. up there. This has yeah. to be top five. It has to be. I don't, I, I don't know if, um, yeah, I don't know if Braveheart would be in there or something like that, but just... Like you said, it's long. Yeah, yeah, it's long, and it's it's it goes back to what you you always talk about. It's in the right time uh, that the CGI isn't mm. going to be taking uh, as yeah. you know, it really right place, right time, because it has all the scale that you would see in a larger scale, you know, modern release of a of a war film or war fantasy. Right, but it has the the impact of you know, there's a lot of orcs and urukai in armor. It's dudes in suits. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's messy. They're in the mud. It looks hard to film, oh, just it was, very practically. <laughs> I forget exactly. Oh, the filming took was months on this. Yeah, months yeah. just for, for just for this scene, basically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of shooting in rain or yeah, yeah just just or it's even like, if it's fake rain, you know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, stu studio rain. It was unbelievable. But like all the extras were in. Everyone was about it. You yeah. know what I mean? The extras yeah. started doing their own chants at times, oh, like great. the Urukai and everything like that. It was totally its own. It was a film within a film on yeah. itself and shooting it. Um, yeah, big time, big time. And, and and for that reason alone, I mean, this film really uh, still, again, you know, hits such a benchmark for me. Uh, I, I would say, again, you know, I mean, don't let some of my criticism and some of my jokes <laughs> about the characters take away from this. I mean, this 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 last fifty minutes is really a sight to behold, and I think it's a it's a it's a great experience for that reason alone. And even though this may be the awkward middle child, is by no means a bad movie. Um, I think a lot of this comes down to where this movie, again, has more pronounced pronounced elements of what I think doesn't work with, with any of these or what I maybe don't care for as a reviewer. But uh, by no means is it something that you should skip in the watching of these or anything like that. Uh, with that no. said, we are going to go ahead and give Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, a 77 Okay, 77. Big dip. Big dip. I thought I was hoping maybe we'd... Uh... Crack 80s? Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. That's all right. I, as, as good as Helm's Deep is, I think, uh, again, uh, that that is you're, one you're, party you're... hitting gold and two parties hitting... Yeah, you know. I think the vast majority of the people would kind of feel that way about Two Towers as yeah. well. Um, you kind of claimed that as the awkward middle child, mm -hmm. which I think is very understandable. Sure. Do you know... Uh, so... <laughs> 
you know why you're wrong, no. and that's why it's in the extended cut. <laughs> uh, Peter Jackson's favorite film of these three is Two Towers. No way. Peter Jackson's favorite scene comes from the Two Towers. Really? No surprising. It's Helm's Deep. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it wasn't Helm's Deep. No, so Helm's Deep makes sense, but yeah. uh, this is his favorite movie mm. out of three, which is just... it's Not Mortal Engines? It's... It, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just hilarious to me that this out of the three, like this speaks to him in, in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, as, even as far as the story goes and everything like that. Uh, we'll get into the extended editions. Sure, sure. This is now, no, this isn't half an hour longer. This is about 45 mm. minutes longer. We're of, scaling up. Of, of extra content. <laughs> and again, it, it comes to the thing of just like, do you know what scenes are being cut? What mm. is the fluidity of the film? Sure, sure. First of all, seamless. And I mean, seamless once again. Sure. Had the same thing. Even with the bigger run. Even with the bigger wow. run. Even with the bigger run. You're, I'm sitting there, and I could probably pick out one scene. Mm-hmm. If you were truly a, knew nothing about this, sure. a beginner or a novice at anything Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. you stepped into this, and you had to be like, okay, what were the scenes that were cut? You might be able to guess one mm-hmm. or two of them, sure. Mm-hmm. But you would never say, like, all right, they could have cut that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing ever like that. And in some of the ways, one of those in particular that's relatively long, mm-hmm. you are so happy it's there. Mm. You get to see more of a character. You get to see more development of another character that mm. totally deserves it. I mean, absolutely deserves sure, it. Sure, sure. You get more on Aragorn, which, again, I think there's things there that is, like... Why would you cut that? This is yeah. kind of awesome to know. This again, it's because we're, we're still world building. Yeah, world's so big we can keep on building <laughs> until the trilogy's over. Mm-hmm. And to get that much, such more information, and maybe it's not that much. Sure, it gets us a little bit closer to the character. It gets us a little idea of what the hell is going on. Yeah, and uh, I think I think that's makes a better film. Again, it's because the dialogue and the acting works. Mm-hmm. If you have more of it, I'm fine with. And especially understanding where the trajectory for Aragorn as a character is uh, w- with these films. I think that's, that's that might be worth it alone right there. You know, I mean, more time with them. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we, we do build on Merry and Pippin a little bit, which <laughs> which you would either like or hate. Maybe you would appreciate <laughs> they, the extra they, scenes yeah, that are in there. Maybe I needed more time with them to kind of get over that. Well, you said they lack the most importance, even yep. though while having importance. Yep. And you know, I think I think some of that is answered. They feel, it feels like they stumbled into into importance, but right? Maybe, right. You know, uh, you're a Saruman guy. You know, so we get more of Saruman and such. In <laughs> sure. This. And so, I, again, this is another one. It's I understand it's 45 minutes extra content. It's yeah. a ridiculous amount of extra content, and yet almost with a complete all of it, mm-hmm. I would say yes. Watch this one and not the theatrical. 100 <laughs> percent watch this and not the theatrical. I tend to agree with you that this is the weakest. Sure, sure. I'm not on the Peter Jackson train with that one. I'll tell you what, the Helm's Deep scene does definitely, it's so special. What it, does the extended do for Helm's Deep? I mean, that's probably the hardest to spot. What's new, what's... Yeah, believe it or not, not a whole lot of extra on Helm's oh, Deep. Okay, okay, Because you have 50 minutes of it, yeah. and Peter Jackson knew what he had. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was... He knew the effort, <laughs> the, the pain. Yeah, I mean, if there was anything really great at Helm's Deep uh, left out, uh, no, there's no such yeah, thing. Yeah. It's all pretty much there. You get some a little bit more information about, uh, well, it, it, Helm's Deep is its own 
beast, and I think we get a really good representation of it. Yeah. One of the things why I love also the extended is we just get to see a little bit more of of Rohan. Oh, sure. I love Rohan. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of my favorite characters are King Theoden and Aomer. Mm. We get to see more of them. We get a little bit more going on. And in my opinion, we have a beautiful beautiful scene that's cut mm, really? uh, kind of like the first one but even more so i i think with this one it's been a trend with both of your comments that it's been scenes that have been maybe more beautiful is it visually or is it more poetic to the characters what is it maybe elaborate uh, on beautiful a little bit of both okay a little bit of both mm-hmm. you know and maybe i don't know i don't know if my praise is too high there but it's just kind of my feeling on it sure. you know and the one especially and again because one of them's dealing with theoden i mm-hmm. love king theoden mm-hmm. i have king theoden's sword um <laughs> <laughs> you know there's he does folks <laughs> <laughs> so it's just uh anything anything more with rohan sure um it's going to feel special to me a little mm-hmm. bit and this mm-hmm. is revolves around Theodrid Theoden's son a mm-hmm. little bit and, and, mm-hmm. and again anything more because we're introduced to Rohan yep. in the second film mm-hmm. so anything more that we can get world building on that I love just like That's in the true. first one you want to see more of the Shire mm-hmm. I love seeing more of Rohan sure sure all in all again like I said I can understand that it's a bit of the weakest some some of it seems um, is transitional, mm-hmm. you know, especially with maybe some of the running scenes. It's just like, okay, <laughs> we're doing this to get to somewhere else still. Yeah. yeah, I totally get it. I have to say, it's no question in my mind. I did think for a second. I was just like, what do I do? Do I get the two laces? What do I mean, <laughs> You're running it, into the troubles of the nuance like, of only absolutely. two shoes and two laces. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. The two towers, very easily. This gets a full-on Tommy Two Shoes. Two both, laces. Both laces Look tied. at that. No surprises here, folks. <laughs> we, got a, we got a Lord of the Rings plant here. <laughs> he said, yeah, I'll do the extended. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my overall opinion here of it. Uh, I don't think I'm leaving much too much stuff out. No, I think that's great. And, 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 and I love... Um, uh, you know, I, I think I'm maybe even uh, reflecting on what you said with those transitional shots. And you're right. It does kind of add substance. It adds... Scope and know, scale. Yeah, exactly. Because they're not just like popping everywhere. You know, I'd give flack to another film like that, you know, if they were just popping around. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, because it would be a laziness. And I don't take it as lazy. Mm-hmm. I just take it as, okay, we're in a story. This happens in a story. It mm-hmm. needs to come across somehow, you know? Yep. it's But it doesn't get over the fact that it, it is a bit transitional. Sure, sure. Um, I would not say not lazy. One other point... I'll just make real quick sure. is the seriousness of these films. Yes. The unbelievable because we're in high, high fantasy, and this grabs seriousness so much with the high fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, Game of Thrones would not really, I don't think, be something like it is if it wasn't for this. Oh, sure. Just sure. Seri- the way it's shot, the way that what we're dealing with mm-hmm. and how it comes across on film mm-hmm. is that it actually they seem like real characters and yeah. real people and it's mm-hmm. silly because we have elves and dwarves yeah. and we have a we have a like wizards and everything like that. <laughs> it shouldn't be serious. It should it when you watch Harry Potter it feels a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it feels whimsical and kiddish almost. Mm-hmm. You're watching it through kid eyes almost even. Sure. Uh, this you do not get. This feels this has a certain realism to it mm-hmm. that the Star Wars or or the Harry, Harry Potter. Potter or the Hobbit especially, mm, sure. they just can't get. They sure, can't grasp yeah. it. And, and it, that goes back to what I was saying with, uh, again, it's not only the most important time in these characters' lives, but these characters almost recognize that it is the most important time in their lives as and well. And it comes across beautifully through screen. Exactly. That's, I think that's a great point to make. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, and with that 77, Ben, we're going to move on to our last film here. This now came out in December of 2003. This is The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, The Big Boy. <laughs> the Big Boy. 
what did we get with this film? How does this come to an end for you? And um, how do we enjoy it? Yeah, so uh, my rating for this film originally was for the extended edition, uh, but my feelings really are the same uh, across this. I, I, I was not walking away with anything different, and I, I'm not saying that in a bad way. If anything, I think it was uh, kind of an identical, cathartic con- conclusion to both of these films. And even though there's a lot more meat on the bones in that extended, this is not only the biggest film of the three, but then the extended is the biggest of the extended. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, there, there's... I, I think it's really just more so kind of a personal choice, folks at home. If you are diving into these that extended, and, and obviously, Tom, I'm you know I hope to hear the same in your kind of analysis of it. Yeah, it feels like if you if you really have been loving your journey with the Fellowship so far, all of these characters, like every single one of these characters, that is your indicator to go extended for Return of the King. So, uh, but I, I ultimately, I was kind of walking away with identical feelings on it because. Hmm. So you didn't feel yourself missing it too much. No, I, there was there was really just one area, and and folks, this was the only area that we will very slightly dip into some semi spoilers. But in extended, we actually see some of the aftermath of what happens to Saruman, a character in Two Towers, and I, I kind of wanted to pose it to you, Tom. Realistically, I was wondering, is this critical for us to kind of understand? I, I don't know. Um, well, I, I, honestly, I, I feel about this how I feel about some of the other stuff that I brought up already. Mm-hmm. Which, why would you cut this out? Or how? Oh, sure. How could you? It would You're kind been, of an outrage. Of would that. be why this would be heartbreaking to mm-hmm. to leave this on the cutting room floor. Sure. And when it comes to um, follow up things on on Isengard, mm-hmm. I would feel absolutely. Yeah. And and, yeah. and if I had to pick, you know, I'd take all the extra scenes in all three mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Is this the most important? Uh, very potentially. Yeah. But I yeah. get this feeling about a few of them. I have to say. Yeah. But overall. I'll follow up on Isengard. You want to know what's going on? Yeah. We just got done with uh, with with Helm's Deep. Absolutely. Especially the curiosity our characters would have. Especially the characters sure, yeah. rolling up on Isengard. Of course, of course. yeah, definitely. You know, I, I was kind of saying, well, are they they're not interested. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that, that's that's the 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 one aspect there. Uh, I would say again, uh, don't let some of my critiques, folks, take away from the universal praise that has happened throughout these films. But sure. let's go ahead and start with getting some of that that. Blood Bloodletting out of the way. Mary and Pippin are just the worst. I am sorry. Uh, in in the this, whole, really, uh, yeah. It just in this they they just continue to be the worst. It is double the screen time uh, in fe- uh, then because again the fellowship is further split up. Uh, Mary falls into probably worse than Frodo in logic of the of the film and doesn't have the excuse of carrying the most powerful ring <laughs> on his on his neck. Obviously, the character is rewarded but in film he is rewarded by putting being put front and center with leadership of Gondor something that uh, yes, we are Pippin, wondering Pippin you're just oh that's talking Pippin about okay that's fine uh, we are you know this leadership of Gondor is something that we're wondering about for the entire trilogy you know mm-hmm. why where is this massive force what is going on with this uh, it's from the very first meeting when the fellowship is coming together and the the fact that he you know Pippin is put in front that way, uh, and and again, I'm not saying that it is rewarded, but in in a film way, he's put in the to what we as the audience might be most curious about walking into this third film. Sure, it just it did not feel good for me. 
um, Mary is 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 slightly better. Uh, you know, putting us in the feet in in the seat of a kind of a rookie during battle. Uh, but I would say it cheapens some of the big conflict uh, in this in this uh, in this finale uh, with some of his plot armor. Sure, people around him are dying, but his his scenes have a tendency to take away stakes in the biggest moments this trilogy has build, been building towards. And I just I just think back to that that scene where they just happened to stumble upon him in fellowship and be like, ah, what if they just took the road earlier? You know, <laughs> what if we just didn't deal with that's this? That's very funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, uh, but yeah, that, like I said, I mean, I don't, uh, I think my, uh, once again, these two characters have been the same for all three movies. What is more pronounced for me is that they get more and more screen time individually. In two, they get their own segment with mm-hmm. them being a duo. And now in three, we are getting them each having their own individual segments on top of that. We're not getting that with Sam and Frodo. Some two two hobbits that I care about infinitely more mm-hmm. uh, and, and have infinitely more weight for the story. So I think that's, again, unfortunately, I don't mean to kick on the the, the two actors, but um, I mean to the point that I even forgot which one was which. <laughs> uh, but uh, that that's that's really just the low point for me. Uh, and I think um, I'm actually curious to see how because now they are two individual uh, kind of spotlights, right. how that plays into the extended when we go into those notes. Just how uh, brisk jogging was last film's repeat shot. Uh, it's now characters looking up at someone and dying in their arms. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like this, you know, this teary-eyed, there's like five plus scenes that we get the same type of, you know, kind of cathartic last moments uh, with our characters. And I bring it up just because it's a repeat scene or it's, a, it's, it's shot like identically each time, but does not have the same note of being like a transitional or, or, or filler effect right, with right. the previous one these moments uh were some of the best not just because we get a powerful finale with a certain character or something like that or this being the finale of the of the trilogy instead it's just i I don't know there's there's such a a class um you can definitely feel jackson has such a huge huge respect for the source material and maybe what these characters mean beyond what we've been shown on screen or beyond what we've been shown in extended cut. I think these uh, the, these scenes, though duplicate in nature, uh, have a totally different tonal effect uh, and kind of couldn't be farther from fat or couldn't be farther sure. from filler for it then. I would say uh, huge praise, huge praise goes to this film for the scale. It is so turned up to 11. Yeah. I mean, if there's a reason why... <laughs> it's big. Even, even if you've hated the last two films and you're watching this, this trilogy, there's a reason to push to the third, uh, and it's for the it, scale. It, it, is an, um, it is an epic among oh, yeah. like two other epics, but this is just epic it of is an epic. It's yeah. unbelievable. Or yeah. Epicist. Uh, yeah, it is... Uh, it is something else and i mean really you know just turned up to 11 there's there's a great simple moment um and i I say simple just because it's it's amongst so much chaos and everything uh that uh there's a great moment where gandalf comes across three trolls in the middle of battle and we as an audience know immediately what it took to take down one troll in the first film Ah. so there's just such a simple way to communicate that this Ooh. is on a whole new level even for our characters. <laughs> and so once true. again, we get these these wonderful close-up shots of Gandalf barely acting with his face, but 
acting, acting his, his, ass, his off. ass off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> and I think in little moments like that, they, it, it just has a, a, a beautiful way to communicate oh. uh, scale, you know, uh, to us, that it feels real for us as the audience. It is a great point because you even look at when you're looking over uh, huge shots of Pelennor Fields mm-hmm. and you see just how many more bad guys there are. Oh, yeah. And again, because we saw two towers, it is that that importance of it. Yeah, it's yeah. communicated just through these shots, basically, absolutely, oh, yeah. and we're there to feel it with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and 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 you hit the nail on the head. Some of the best amping up happens in the opposition, folks. If you are like me and enjoy rooting for the bad guy, I mean, this <laughs> is uh, your movie. Uh, I mean, the the armies of Mordor that have you know, that have nearly tripled and, and on so many levels are electric as villains on screen. I'm talking about the design, uh, just new forces, just yeah. being visual candy. The the scale of and the can we threat. just talk about how great the bad guys look in every single film? Oh, yeah. It's Absolutely. unreal how good all types of orcs and orcai, mm-hmm. everyone looks mm-hmm. fantastic. And once again, key like, that they're sh- men in suits. They're men in, uh, you know. And but like one of the main bad guys, the, like the field leader mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the bad guys in the third one, and yep. just like his goopy face. Yeah. It's, it's just like it's disgusting, fantastic. but like looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, I've been trying to dance around, not comparing to The Hobbit, but you look at the orcs, and uh, I guess they're not Yurkai yet because that's Sauron's forces, but just the orcs that we see in Hobbit. Oh, have their CGI and, and such. And yeah, you know, design-wise, you could say, oh, they look, they just look at as 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 interesting and, you know, kind of tell a story in their design. Right. But, uh, but look garbage and interacting right, with characters and practicality look garbage. And such. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's so much weight uh, to, you know, having these being, you know, rubber suits and, and, and holds up, holds up incredibly well. Uh, I would say, again, it's uh, this kind of scale that makes watching the whole series worth it. If you have for some reason, not seen these films and have given this a shot, maybe even given an extended a shot, there is a reason to push through to this final film because it really is so much, is such a good evidence to to why this trilogy was filmed at the same time, why VFX was the common thread among Oscars and critical praise for it. Uh, and again, I think there is a, there's a huge payoff in the opposition of the forces of Mordor and the forces of Sauron in this uh, for, the, for the finale of it. It really is, it is stellar. So uh, the last, f- <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I, I, I don't know, this is probably a rough estimate. I, I would say the last hour and 40 of runtime is now big action set piece. <laughs> so it's nearly doubled, but you know, it's what are you here for but big action? Um, I say approximate just because it is broken up a lot more. There's a lot of juggling act in that action. There's a lot going on, yeah. Yeah. Um, Minas Tirith is our, our main kind of uh, set piece. Uh, which is the home of uh, uh, of the nation of Gondor? It is a visual feast. Uh, mm-hmm. The the design of Minas Tirith it is it is gorgeous to look at. To see action brought to it, to see that war, that carnage brought to it is 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 next level. Uh, I, I really do think uh, it, it is wonderful. I think. For my notes, kind of critically towards this, I do think the action itself has kind of taken a slight step down. Sword action and fight choreography in particular feels, I don't want to say cheaper, but it feels a bit less oomph. It doesn't have as much as the the kinetic aspect. Uh, I, I chalk it up to quantity over quality, and boy, is that quantity worth it. So I do yeah. think it is 
worth having this scale if we maybe get a little bit cheaper action to it. But particularly in some of Gandalf's fights, uh, the entire segment, we follow Sam in Mordor. Uh, and then also um, Mary on the battlefield. Those are specific moments that I was saying, "Wow, there's, there's, I don't know. It didn't not, it did not feel like the sword action we've saw we saw in Two Towers. They're two, yeah, two very different battles and differences in both. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you're right in that. And part of the, I think just what you can't get around is what needs to be taking place hmm. it's like jackson needs to move quick yeah and just there's only so much you can do almost because <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. we have to go inside ministry then we have the fields then we have these guys doing this over here it's yep. just just so much going on mm-hmm. where with helms deep you could be a little bit more intimate with everybody spend some more time with everyone yes. and, and their weaponry and yes. everything you know what i mean the stakes of the of the fortress itself the right. sandbox it kind of makes it's itself. awesome to see huge scale and large scale which minutes which that is yeah you know the third one is but there's also downsides to this and i think that's kind of what you're Touching on definitely. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, folks. I think the payoff here is huge, it's unbelievable. To see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it it falls into the same praise, you know, almost in the same breath of this. This is amped up to eleven, and that is enjoyable in itself. Uh, but uh, I, I would say, you know, these these forces colliding for the final battle. I, I would have liked a little bit, you know, not that I was saying I wanted less scale to it, but I just would want. Or I guess it just la- I feel like it lacks some of the brilliance in design that Helm's Deep had. Right, right, you know? yeah, definitely. Uh, specifically in you know what complicates and develops mid battle, it isn't always tied to the battle or itself or the battlegrounds uh, like Helm's Deep was, and like we commented before, you know there are different factors that complicate the battle, which are fine. You know, I, I if in in another world, if this was carbon copy to Helm's mm-hmm. Deep, I probably would have been criticizing it for wash and repeat. You know, right, right, but. Uh, uh, it it, it does fun. not feel as good. It's funny because it, the bigness of it, what you really wanted was just actually more fighting but yeah. between individuals. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, less just single slashes down a foe, uh, and uh, and more. Wow, they're on the ropes. You know, sure. a little bit more. Yep. So, uh, a huge important is put on Gondor's leadership uh, to give us complexity, uh, and uh, I would say uh, it, it's interesting. It's a very big factor here. Uh, <laughs> it's tied to to Pippin. So <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> bit of that. I um I got the the blinders on, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't enjoying it as much, but. But um, I, I would say, again, uh, the complexity of how the this big battle develops, I think um, tying it to more so what's going on in this big city rather than a single fortress uh, and having the complexity of that fortress just being its its structure and the battle and the battle, the flow of battle uh, it, it's different it's 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 uh it, you i really have a hard time comparing these two combat sequences because they're aiming for different things Big t- yeah. you know yeah. one is i guess i guess they're both survival but they're both extremely similar and very different at the same time yeah yeah like it's just how it is yeah, yeah. i have a problem saying oh you know Top battles in Middle Earth, you know, even comparing these two, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some sort of internet <laughs> internet list or something like that, you know. Uh, but yeah, that, I don't mean to focus so much on that, but it is an hour and forty and change of the <laughs> of the finale. So, uh, you know, it is it is in your face about it. There is, um, you know, there's it's it's not the same. There's a lot of good to it, and there's a lot that I was missing. I wouldn't say it's bad or outwardly bad in any sort of 
of way. It's just that I was I was I was missing something else. So uh, one of the I mean I would say the biggest bright side ever uh, is Frodo is saved for me in this film. Good, uh, that's good. Oh yeah, I mean he uh, both both Elijah Wood's performance and the character there is. A certain depth that is created with his performance that the burden of the ring may haunt him beyond the story coming to a close. And I felt that was the right amount of mix-up that I needed uh, for him acting illogical, him frustrating the story, him frustrating our path towards the goal in the story. And I cannot understate how important this was for me. You know, jokes about Sam being the hero aside, uh, we really needed some depth uh, to Frodo after this last movie. And I think... uh, it, there, there is a, a reality that sets in throughout this entire film that you know this journey eh, and the journey back may not be as easy as cut and dry. The plans right. have almost never gone according to plan. Right, right. Uh, and and we're now seeing the consequences of getting this far. And you know, if if we've gotten this far successfully or kind of stumbled into that, where is this going to kind of bite us in the ass with the character? And I and I just felt that. That um, that depth, uh, the ring's influence, uh, you know, for for so much of the story so far, the ring's influence was just kind of frustrating us getting to the end goal with Frodo. But it's dark consequences. The gravity of the ring is, I mean, again, it is it is there's a reason why Gandalf does not pick it up once. Uh, And we finally kind of get that reaped, you know, we get a reward of seeing that, of like, really, what is this going to do to Frodo? And I think that was, man, I mean, it, it was so necessary for me to like this character and, and, like, <laughs> so, yeah. and like Elijah's performance. And, and I, I can't say enough. I mean, not only did I think it was passable and a turnabout from most of this trilogy so far, it was actually great. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so, fantastic. Yeah, you know, it just... Just that that carrying of the ring goes from a frustration to part of his character progression. And yeah. I mean, I think from a writing perspective, at least for this film, again, I, I have not read the books themselves, but from a writing perspective, we go from the ring almost being an antagonist to Frodo to part of his arc. You know, it is it is all progression then. You know, it's Abs- not frustration anymore. Yeah, so. no, I think that's I think that's a great point to make. And I think I might not share all those feelings. Sure. I think a lot of viewers would, though. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> Good. He's, he's, we're going to get some more hate on Frodo if, you, <laughs> if you're into it. But uh, but that's about it. I mean, again, it, it, it's a little bit complicated, a little bit of a dance, staying away from spoilers. I mean, we probably came closest to <laughs> closest to spoilers we have ever come with, with kind of tackling this. But with these epics, there's just a lot to unpack. Again, I think um, for me, the focus is, you know, you've gotten now two movies in what is going to push you to this one it is scale it is the redeeming qualities of certain characters and again like with most things certain things are getting pronounced certain things are getting tied back but uh, still a wonderful movie and uh, something I would certainly consider you know worth the watch and a and you know a great a great experience to watch all the way through we're gonna go ahead and give The Lord of the Rings The Return of the King <laughs> in 81 okay in 81 just got up there <laughs> <laughs> Just got up there. I love it, though. Um, 81, and really all these films, I mean, besides the 85, 77, still a really good movie. Oh, absolutely. 81, a great movie, mm-hmm. really. And, of course, 85 is a, is a must-watch, mm-hmm. one of the best things ever made movie. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I love that, and I, th- I think your reasoning is all 
sound mm-hmm. and i appreciate they came around on frodo which is great <laughs> yeah. are, are you not rooting for frodo i'm, I'm very I'm curious no, 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 I'm, okay. I'm on board with frodo all the time okay okay so with the extended edition sure. so obviously the longest one we're mm-hmm. dealing with 50 minutes so we're going from three hours and 20 minutes already an extremely long oh, movie yeah yeah like already an extremely long movie mm-hmm. um <laughs> to the special extent or the extended going to four hours and 11 minutes that's wild it's very interesting hearing you say because we watched the extended together and now he, you watching the theatrical and mm-hmm. you kind of have the same feeling coming across with it with the same score mm-hmm. and really basically the same notes i think at, yeah. from both films which is which is telling i think mm-hmm. i do have to say my least favorite film in all three movies mm-hmm. comes in the extended version of the of of the return of the king oh, really so my least favorite scene of all well he's been one of them yeah but yeah, it's, sure, but it's sure. in this one mm-hmm. uh it's in the extended uh, it's just i don't like the way it's shot this is the only scene really that mm-hmm. when you when you're watching the film for the first time it could be like this something about this feels off mm. it doesn't from the scene before and the scene after it's weird that this it's it, i get why this is here but it's weird it's got a different feeling okay it changes tone a little bit okay uh, it is my least favorite scene and yet and yet what is being the information that we're being given mm-hmm. in this scene still important critical still st- not critical but world building <laughs> it's not critical i won't say it's critical mm-hmm. because it's told in another way in a different section of the film okay but you were still walking away with this feeling of just like, how could you cut this? Like the tragedy that you cut in this. It wasn't a tragedy that this was cut. Okay. And okay. that's what I'm saying about this scene. Sure, it sure. wasn't a tragedy that this was cut. And there's, an, I would say, maybe even two more scenes that I feel oh, that okay. way. Okay. There's two scenes that it's like, one in particular, where it's like, all right, we didn't quite need this. Mm-hmm. And yet I, I, I love them. Those other mm-hmm. two I still like. I like that they're in the film. Sure, sure. This other one, again, I like that it's in the film, but it does have that feeling to it. It has mm-hmm. this feeling where maybe this isn't yeah, a, a yeah. generic thing. So it's interesting with this. It's 50 minutes of extra content. <laughs> and in ways, there's things in there that for the first time I could say we don't necessarily need. Mm-hmm. And yet and there's things in there that I'm, I'm absolutely – two things in particular – I'm like, okay, we should absolutely have these in here. Uh, one of those being absolutely what I noted? Absolutely being in here. I would think the, the audience would be helped by seeing some of Isengard. Yep. After, right after coming from the Battle of Helm's Deep, mm-hmm. I think seeing more of Isengard would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And there's something else that I just, it's such a short scene that's mm-hmm. kind of cut. It's really not that long. Mm-hmm. There's something about it and the character and for also, as the movie goes forward, it mm-hmm. just should be in there. Mm. Also a big part of the book, from my understanding. Okay. And it, it makes the next scene a little bit better. It mm. intros the next scene a little bit better than mm. what the act, what the theatrical film does. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm dancing around everything and names. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. But no, worthwhile, I really don't want to give away anything. Yeah, and maybe that's the key of uh, folks at home that have seen the trilogy but not seen Extended. This is your juice for, for and there's what juice, actually going there's, through? There's juice there to squeeze, absolutely. Yeah. I would say it's if you're just hanging on by the skin of your teeth and mm-hmm. absolutely dreading, and I'm if you're really <laughs> dreading over four hours, I, I would say that okay, you can get away with. Go ahead, you know what? Go ahead and watch a theatrical. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. However, if you are really enjoying it, you're still enjoying this world. Want to get want to get as much as possible from the story and from the characters. Mm-hmm. Hands down, watch this. Mm-hmm. None of these are you shouldn't watch this. Don't waste your time. Right. All of these is you should be watching it. I think with the first two, I think get rid of theatrical and you just go ahead and watch those completely. Right. Don't even make it an option. Watch them <laughs> with this because of the length. Sure. And because I say there are a couple scenes in there 
There's some that are pivotal, but there are a couple that aren't necessary. Mm. If you're liking the characters in this story, it becomes necessary mm, practically. I see, I see. Um, so for me, I'm absolutely always going to go and go ahead for the, uh, I'm going to opt for the four hour and 11 minute, almost <laughs> always, almost always, I can assure you. But as a whole, even theatrical, non-theatrical, The Return of the King absolutely, hands down, gets a, gets two shoes, two laces. Two laces. Not even Double a question. Double <laughs> uh, Just two quick notes here. Obviously, sure. folks, we're running long. Uh, we don't really care. These are yeah, big films. It's three movies. <laughs> the CGI in this one is even, like, they were filmed at the same time. There wasn't that much of reshoots or anything like that. And how much can Weta Workshop really, like, improve mm. on their mm. on their tech? How good does Gollum look into this one? Oh. Even, co- even compared to Two Towers. Yep, yep. Gollum Spiegel, I mean, they really, uh, he, it looks he fantastic. from f- Fellowship, I mean, looks the worst, but we barely see him. Of you course, know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, you're, you're so right. Uh, and maybe it's a combination of just, again, visually darker landscapes, you know, as they approach Mordor. I don't think Mordor, so. But he looks great. I mean, yeah. it's, it's stepped up noticeably. Uh, Merry and Pippin. I really, really quite like them. Okay, all right. The, yeah. the character I am frustrated with, sure. especially in this film, mm-hmm. is Gimli. Oh, really? Gimli wow. progressively gets more and more and more into a joke character. Mm. The extendeds don't, necess- don't really help him with that either. Oh, okay. There's he, more jokiness. He becomes more of just the joke. Mm. And that's the thing. We're not joking with him. He's a joke. Mm. I don't appreciate that what Jackson does with him. Mm. Um, we're picking up on some more dwarvy stuff. Sure, mm-hmm. I get it. I get the tropes of a dwarf. Mm-hmm. But with the dwarf that Gimli is, and kind of he is a high-ranking dwarf and yep. such, I want a little bit... Give me... Spend some more time with a little bit of lore, or mm-hmm. let's have a little bit of exposition so we can get a seriousness of him and where and him and his people and where we're coming for, yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't need the jokes with him. If we're getting more Gimli, which we do, mm-hmm. um, give me serious Gimli. Yeah. Let me care about this entire other race mm-hmm. that we don't really get to see anything else of. It's so true. It's it's almost mind-boggling how missing the dwarves are and then yeah. how in your face they are with, with the it, Hobbit. You literally, know? I would have make maybe two or three notes to Peter Jackson over the whole thing. This is one of them. <laughs> yeah. There's another scene kind of towards the end and towards the very, very end mm-hmm. um, that I there's there's a three-second scene. Maybe um, something like that. I would cut completely. Okay, <laughs> three seconds off of the and then and then <laughs> four hour eleven. <laughs> Notably, there's something else that happens in this film as well. Sure, something that fans of the books it is their least favorite scene in all the oh, movies. Really? That's heart wrenching. And oh. truly, I was listening to a podcast one time, and the guy was just like, he played it back, and he's just like, even 15 years later, it's one of the most, it's just like nails <laughs> on a chalkboard for me. Like because it's so wrong to the text, or? Exactly. Oh, okay. To the okay. text, story, and people. Interesting. And characters, yeah. That was the one thing I was wondering, the entire trilogy watching this again, what is text, what is what is Jackson's writing team, uh, and and also you know what are fans just flat out not cool with you know um, what what fans are flat out not cool with there there might be a dozen or even two dozen things mm-hmm. how much they care about those things mm. there's definitely a handful maybe half a dozen sure. words just like and there's this one in particular in this movie mm-hmm. that really really agitates really and I think rightfully so and towards so the ending way. too wow yeah, a bit yeah well Man. towards the ending with that three second scene that's something with me that <laughs> I think I cut. but actually sure. yes at the same time okay as far as you know I came I was introduced to Lord of the Rings through the movies. Mm-hmm. 
So when I go back and retroactively find out what should or should not be in there, mm-hmm. it's not as impactful for me because sure. I fell in love with the movies and the characters and even the actors that are in there. Right. You know, it's a different experience. Absolutely. For the Tolkien fan, if I was a Tolkien fan going into this and mm-hmm. I was a fan of the books first, of mm-hmm. the content first, I, I it's not that I would hate these movies. I would st- probably still be a relative fan, mm-hmm. but, I, but I definitely would not. Uh, I don't think they would all be getting uh, two two laces tied. <laughs> wow! On the end of okay, it. I very think, interesting. I, I think for sure because there's enough done to it mm-hmm. that I could understand being a true fan would would agitate you to to no end. Well, that's very interesting to hear, though. Because, yeah, uh, especially with the extended. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know what? Yes, but but that being said. You think about the real Tolkien fans, and uh, so many of them do love this. Mm-hmm. The biggest Tolkien fan of them all hated this, <laughs> hates Jackson for it, hates the films being who made. Who gave him that crown, though, biggest Tolkien? It's Christopher Tolkien, his son, <laughs> oh, who continued okay. to... Yeah. Uh, my bad. <laughs> my bad, Chris. <laughs> who continued to publish almost as many books, gathering his father's materials oh, and wow, ending wow. some stories and everything and like that. And he hated these. Oh, very upset. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. To me. Very, very, very upset with wow. them, and I can understand why, especially coming from someone with him who has the most knowledge of the of the content and dealing yeah. with it so much, just sure. personally and physically touching it, and, and what these like characters that. mean, what their arcs are. Yeah, yeah. I can understand. Um, and he just passed away too, which is a shame. Oh, wow. It's okay. amazing. You know, J.R.R. Tolkien was still coming out with books in I think 2017, mm. and but it was because of Christopher Tolkien still taking some of his father's sure. works and compiling stuff, mm-hmm. and um, actual true still fresh information to be coming out you know he died in the 70s i think he died in 73 or something like okay. that mm-hmm. and it's still getting that content from that guy it's unbelievable mm-hmm. it's like you know jimmy hendrix dies and you find these I, new songs that come out i was gonna say yeah a lot of our tours a lot of artists you know that's what right. they do you know just to to, to you know get so, all that content right. out there. so a world that was already huge due to him and the appendices of the books and everything mm-hmm. like that gets mm-hmm. was still getting that much bigger from a direct source from his son with that information it's mm-hmm. incredible it's incredible uh but yeah not a fan of it but a lot of people <laughs> who love the books still do love it you know okay. what I mean? irritated okay. by these things here or there and again there's one scene in here that that i would just know but that's kind of i'm just summing up kind of everything there sure. I, again I, oh, let me just come back i love the mary and pippin thing by the way yeah uh, i do like them in this film okay i find them to be pivotal i find them to be coming into their own finally uh, that is and true the 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 solo spotlight is does let them at least have their own arc you know they're not grouped together and have one arc. yeah and i think getting that like i said if we stuck with you know, I like I like seeing more of the characters, and so often when I see more of the characters, I enjoy it more. I enjoy the world more, and I enjoy what's going on more. Mm. Again, I just wish we got it with Gimli. <laughs> sure, sure, and not just uh, the same joke from Two Towers is uh, counting kills with Legolas. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, burping or farting or something yeah, right, like that. Right, Again, right. give me give me something there. But no, I actually really enjoyed the Mary and Pippin. As far as the extended, we do get a little bit more, hmm. and we get something from Mary that I think, again, um, you know, could it be cut? Sure. Do I want it to be cut? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's kind of me wrapping up on anything. Are, do you have any over- outstanding questions or anything like that? Uh, no, no. I mean, uh, I, I think uh, to, to do a deep dive into the story, to maybe ask some questions of what things mean in, in the Second Age or, or, or maybe how certain people came to power, I think it would be it'd be too much of a dive, and I would need to tie it back into spoilers. So uh, I, I think, again, for me, it's, it's specific to just, again, recognize that the visual effects are something that hold mm. up, you know, something that I don't think, you know, a, a naysayer of this film would say, oh, that's got to not hold right, up. Right, you know? right, So, uh, And still to this day, like you said in the very beginning with casting, yep. I just shed a light on it one more time where mm. it's just like, 
the dialogue, the writing of this film is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And when you have that, and then you have good casting, and the actors are acting great, which mm-hmm. they pretty much all are, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's fantastic. It's yeah. unbelievable because mm-hmm. you kind of just, when you're watching it and you're like, this is great. Look at the size and scope of this thing. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, but very importantly, these actors are still good. Oh, yeah. Where we cover stuff and other things where it's like, this was ruined by this acting. Oh, this I- was ruined <laughs> by this dialogue. This was ruined by this. For sure. You know what I mean? And I, it just, you can't really talk that up enough. Yeah. You know, so it's good that we just touch on it. Yeah. And that, and that you know, though I kind of dug in a little bit more to the, uh, to the uh, latter two films on understand again i cannot stress that uh the huge amount of praise uh is is overlapping with all of these you know what i mean uh actually one thing i am curious about not Mm -hmm. to not to extend an already long episode that's all right what would you say this is the extended version of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's great uh (laughs) people gonna look at the podcast and be like oh my god this is too long i'm not listening to this (laughs) and then then not watch the extended yeah what would you say to someone who has gotten so deep into extended fellowship extended two towers and maybe wants off the ride a little bit earlier would you think it would be acceptable to say i'm doing normal theatrical of of uh yeah well because of what i just because what i said prior Mm -hmm. which was like forget the theatrical version of Fellowship and and uh, Two Towers. Yeah. I would say if you watch it, some people are not good at watching films. Some people are just too fidgety sure, and yeah, things like absolutely. that. absolutely. Like I said, I, four hours I think plus is a big ass. you could get away with it, sure, just like you did. Mm-hmm. You came away with it, and I think um, the fact that your notes were the same I think is very telling. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that your score is the same I think is very telling. Yeah. So if you go ahead and do the extended to the first two and not the third one i think you're crazy um i'm not i'm not necessarily angry at you i might be angry at you but <laughs> you i could be I, angry, again angry be, because of the length i get it sure as far as content uh, if you watch the first two extended you watch this extended right you watch right. this extended because it is the most enveloped you can be with these characters yeah watch it because that was my curiosity watching this because when we watched them a couple years ago now all the way through you know theatrical theatrical extended (laughs) i kind of wondered the inverse of that uh extended extended theatrical and i think you would like that better than how we did it interesting well who knows (laughs) follow up to the special extended 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 (laughs) you know all right um uh vin thanks for stopping down and listening to these thanks for the analysis tom i'm glad we had a a fan uh to to talk about these things because uh i think the intimidation for me was maybe not being a direct fan uh of of this you know i love that you love it you know from a kid you can't be were star wars boy exactly you know and other people are harry potter kids yep this is a whole different type of thing. Yeah. And Star you, Wars boy, Harry Potter kids, what would be Lord, Lord of the Rings? Adults. <laughs> <laughs> Says you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, just a final tally, by the way. It's 11 hours and 22 minutes if you just want to go ahead and do the theatrical. You know? <laughs> Longer than a work day. Yeah, but start it at noon or end up at night. I mean, what? Well, no, don't start at noon. But you know what I mean. It could be a one day or. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Vin, we thank you so much for taking the time to watch these and give scores. Uh, three big movies. Folks at home, we're going to run this down one more time. We have The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring with an 85%, The Two Towers with a 77%, and of course, The Return of the King with an 81%. Folks, we thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.
Hey, if you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, could you give us a good rating or tell a friend about us? And if you're wondering if a film is worth a watch, just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com, where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, could you become a producer and go to the donations tab on thedailyratings.com? You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you receive from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.